hit me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Succotash. The number one comedy podcast podcasting about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Yes, tis I, Mark Hershaw, your humble servant, and yet, at the same time, master of this domain we call suck, Atash. What? Uh, we are, after far too long, once again cradled in the bosom of Studio P, home of the hit album called Inhale Slowly, mm-hmm. featuring our own beloved producer-engineer, Mr. Joe Paulino. Joe, how is that album coming? Hey, thanks for asking, Mark. Uh, Inhale Slowly got nominated for Best New Artist uh, on the Zone Music Reporter. It's between us and four other nominees. That's fantastic. Uh, there's going to be a live award show with some great, great uh, new age uh, ambient uh, musicians performing it's going to be in new orleans at uh, the joy theater so uh, <laughs> coming up in may julene and i will be going to the joy theater and experiencing the joy that's and, very and we're come we're going to walk the red carpet as nominees dude <laughs> that, that's very exciting excellent congratulations congratulations thank that's you, great thank so you. if you've not picked up inhale slowly you should do so Yes, by all means, check us out at www.inhaleslowly.com. And uh, it's uh, new age music, but uh, very, very different than anything I've ever heard before. Uh, actually, Crystal Channels in Santa Rosa oh. carries Inhale Slowly, and she said a regular customer came in and bought it, uh, meditated to it, came in the next day and said, while I was meditating to Inhale Slowly, I found what I was looking for. It might have been his car keys. I'm not sure. <laughs> but he found something wow. while he was meditating to our music. And we're most grateful to hear positive things oh, like that. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, good. Congratulations, Thank Joe. you. Thank you. Uh, back to Succotash. This is episode 51. And this week, we are back to clips, clips, and more clips. <clears throat> Mostly new shows, comedy podcasts we've not featured before. Plus a few treats, including old friends with new shows, an installment of Boozin' with Bill, and our weekly burst, O'Durst. But before any of that can happen, it's time for the Top 10 Stitcher Comedy Podcast Countdown. Uh, and once again, very little movement at the top of that chart. In fact, this week, other than the fact two shows just switched places in the Top 10, nothing has gone on. So... This will be a quick one. At number 10, Doug Loves Movies. Number 9, Death Squad. Number 8, Real Time with Bill Maher. At 7, More Stories with Jay Moore down one spot. Its place was taken by number 6, Smodcast went up one spot. Number 5, The Nerdist. At 4, NPR's Car Talk podcast, which continues to mystify me how a podcast made from an NPR show that went out of production over six months ago is still number four on the comedy podcast charts. At number three, WTF with Mark Marin Lodged at number two, The Adam Carolla Show. And still at number one, since we started doing this feature two months ago, The Joe Rogan Experience. So there's your top 10 Stitcher comedy podcast countdown. Now in this episode, we've got a whole bunch of clips, as I said, from podcasts, most of which we've not played before. So prepare to have your ears Opened. Our first clip is from a new podcast by a friend of Succotash and a good buddy of mine, Rick 
Overton. He was one of our earliest guests, you may remember, if you've been listening that long. You can find my interview with him in episode 6, and I also released a bonus episode 6.5, which featured the interview in its entirety. Now he's got his own show going. It's an interview-based podcast, and he's already had some great guests from the world of comedy. Recently, he spoke with comedy legend Jonathan Winters. What a score. And as I was listening to a chunk of this, it struck me that some of what Jonathan is talking about here, where he's talking about starting out as a comic, relates directly across to podcasting in many ways. So give a listen, podcasting friends, and see if you can't find a tidbit or two to take away from this sample from Rick Overton's chat with Jonathan Winters. The thing is, is to tell the truth. And also tell the truth for, for a lot of reasons. Tell what's happening out there. You don't have to be a political clown. Just, just pick out a subject. For instance, uh, the traffic. What would you do about the traffic? Well, the best thing is to get a horse. <laughs> ride alongside the highway. <laughs> or walk. <laughs> ride a bicycle. Yeah. Uh, with a red cross on your back. <laughs> but the thing is that uh, I love improv. I, I said this in a book, which I must tell you, did not make me very popular with the writers. Very unpopular. But to me, the greatest contribution of sitcom writers is canned laughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing is, it, it, it's and one thing you must do. I give just a few pointers. You've got to be an observer. That is to sit on a park bench, sit in a chair in a hotel, sit at home anywhere. Watch the people go by and look at the sky. Yeah. And you get your idea. Maybe you talk to somebody. It's not easy to talk to people today because of fear. Yeah. But you take a chance. How far is it to the museum? Well, it's uh, quite a way. It's about 16 blocks away. You're an older man, I can tell you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right. Um, the thing is that you, uh, you must have patience. They're going to ask you for one take, two, three, twelve, and you've got to go with it. Don't blow it, otherwise you're, you're not going to get the job. Hmm. And try, if you will... To be different. That in itself is a big subject. Do you think it connects directly to improv again? Is that the quickest way to yeah. individuate yeah. yourself yeah. through improv? Because yeah. it can only be you. That's right. But you, uh, you can be different. Pick out another thing I must tell you, regardless of whether you're from uh, California, Colorado, Texas, uh, Missouri, Indiana, New York, Florida, wherever. Take time out. Cosby did this, and he was right. But take time out to uh, reminisce about the guys you grew up with. 
We all grew up with different people, different colors sometimes, but different people had different thoughts, different scholars, uh, different athletes, teachers, and uh, try to, uh, I tell you, I have found that um, it's a strange thing to say, and in its entirety, I would question it, but versatility is a curse. If you can play mm -hmm. the sax, play the piano, write the music, and uh, if you can uh, play trumpet, and <laughs> the man doesn't want you. Um, don't be afraid to try. So Jonathan Winters with Rick Overton. Um, uh, that's a great interview. Uh, Rick Overton has not gotten a website dedicated to the web to uh, the podcast yet. I think he's part of the Sideshow Network, and you can definitely find him on iTunes and at Facebook on facebook.com slash overview with Rick Overton. So check out Ricky's new show, won't you? Next up is Man School. Although this is a new podcast, very new in fact, as this clip is from Epi Number One, the host will be familiar to some of you Succotashians. It's Caleb Bacon, who, until a couple of months ago, was the host of the Gentleman's Club podcast, but after 154 episodes, Caleb ran out of places he wanted to take that show, so he shut her down and found himself a new concept. The idea being that he would have guys on talking about their life experiences and that the listener would pull things out for themselves. He gets pretty heavy in episode number one, as his first guest is as his guest is bald Brian Bishop, who some podcast fans may know as the producer and sidekick on the Adam Carolla show, as well as the co-host of his own podcast called The Film Vault. Four years ago, at the age of 30, Brian was diagnosed with inoperable brain cancer. He's still around, so not only has he survived it, but it's given him some perspectives on life a 30-year-old doesn't often have. So here's a little taste from Man School. So what was the worst of it? When were things just their darkest? Uh, physically or, or overall? Overall. Mm, oh, I was admitted to um, the inpatient therapy ward, the unit uh, at Cedars-Sinai Hospital, um, uh, the day after my birthday, on September 14th. The day before, it was a Monday, the 12th, I'm almost positive I have this right, which is amazing, because I was radiated at the time. <laughs> the 12th, the Saturday, but the, the two days before I was going into the radiation, Let's just say a day before radiation, uh, USC was playing Ohio State. It was a big game because sure. I think they're both ranked in the top 10. And a bunch of my friends had gone to Ohio State. And it's one of the great results, not gone to, had traveled to Ohio State to see the game. It's one of the great regrets of my life that I couldn't go with them because one of my buddies is, is very wealthy and he has a private jet. And they all went to the private jet and it was on my birthday. Uh. And I, I wanted to go see my favorite team play Ohio <laughs> State in one of the most legendary hallowed athletic venues, the Horseshoe in Columbus, Ohio. I wanted to go see it and I had to miss it. And my wife had a birthday party for me um, at her parents' house here in LA uh, for the people who were still in LA and my friends and stuff. A couple of my friends drove down from high school. It was very sweet. And I didn't realize it at the time. It was sort of made to realize it afterwards. It was kind of a, a little bit of a last hurrah kind of thing. Like my wife was like, I didn't think you were going to have another birthday. So we got you like a big cake and we had some friends from high school come in and, you know, people, you know, came and had a good time and blah, 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 and give you a fine send off and everything. And I was like, 
you know, it's ironic that it was a celebration, a birthday party, but uh, it was um, it was a, it was a uh, it was a dark mood, you know, knowing that I was going to the hospital uh, to where you know people go when they're really sick. You know, I was at that point when I was in the hospital, I was actually in a wheelchair because I couldn't walk down the long hallways. I couldn't get to therapy. You know, I couldn't get from my hospital room to the therapy room. They had to wheel me down there. While maybe my attitude wasn't the darkest, it was certainly the bleakest in terms of the outlook didn't look great. When you were in that that part of the hospital, were there a lot of other young people? There were a lot of hot nurses. Yeah? There were. In fact, because I had friends, I didn't notice this because, again, I was radiated, but I had friends who came to visit me. And they were like, they, they'd come out, hey, man, how you doing? Good to see you. And Christy's like, oh, thanks for coming to visit. Because she was always there. She's a fantastic wife. And, and my friends would lean to me like, a lot of hot nurses on this floor. <laughs> I'd be like, that's great. Stick around. Maybe you can get a phone number. So that was uh, that was a silver lining. But the patients, how are they? They were mostly you know, senior citizens who had, had strokes or, or something, brain injuries of some kind. Did you feel extra uncomfortable because, because of that difference? You know, I really didn't. Just I, a lot of them didn't know what was going on either. They were kind of like had traumatic brain situations. I remember mm. one night, ugh, pretty pretty vividly. I remember there was a guy who was either in the next room or across the hall, but I could hear him like moaning and wailing loudly because he was confused. He didn't know where he was. He was like, "Where's my family? What are you people doing with me?" And it was, ugh, it was terrible. You just hate to hear someone like that. And that's a, that's something that got me through a lot of the tough times and maybe you know it's good advice for people who are going through something like that and maybe it sounds callous but it's just sort of where my brain went which is no matter how bad it got for me I was always like well there's got to be someone out there who's got it worse or who has had it worse or is going through something worse than me and when I heard the guy who was crying out for his family I was like you well, that guy's probably got it worse right about now I know where I am and my family will be here tomorrow and I'll probably go home at the end of this so man, I hope that guy's all right. But, you know, at least it sort of gives me like, all right, well, listen, I'm not the fucking worst guy in the ward, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm. You've always had like a really sunny, optimistic disposition. Sure. So aside from that, what would you say got you through that, especially like that real hard stretch where Hmm. you're in a wheelchair? Jeez, I mean... Aside from that, I mean, uh, the, you know, the obvious answer being my, my wife and my family, uh, you know, Christy, when, when you're, when you're the caregiver, i.e. the wife or the girlfriend or the whoever, you know what I mean? The husband, the wife, you have, you have cancer as much as that person does. Maybe even more because that person being me, the patient has the luxury of being radiated and not really know what's going on all the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas you are, this is my fucking reality. I am very aware of what's happening. I have to help this person in and out of the car. I have to, you know, make sure they don't fall. If they do, it's kind of my fault or you think it's your fault. The fact that Christy held it together so well is, is something that probably helped get me through it. And, and she, you know, she wasn't working in this whole time. You know, we, none of us were, neither of us were working and she took me to every appointment, every appointment, whether it was a doctor's appointment or a physical therapy session, because when the physical therapist is walking you up and down the hall on a walker, they're like, Christy, are you watching? Cause you're going to have to do this when you're out in the world or when you're at home or when Brian has to go to the bathroom. There were times Plenty of times where Christy wanted to go out, you know, for the night with a friend or whatever, just cut loose or go to dinner or something, just something simple like that, go see a movie. And uh, I had to be left at home. And it was like, all right, if you go to the bathroom, uh, use the walker, don't go anywhere else because I, I, I would fall and possibly hurt myself otherwise. So credit to her for getting me through, you know, the, the tough times. There's Man School, hosted by Caleb Bacon. He's got about three episodes up now, and uh, they're all pretty fascinating. Very different topics, a lot of comics, but talking about life experiences that are not quite about comedy, yet they still find some humor in these things. 
Uh, you can find him at manschoolshow.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio, where you can also find, of course, Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. Uh, if you do a two-man act for a living, but your partner never speaks, it leaves you with a lot of time to do side projects. Penn Gillette, best known for being one half of Penn & Teller, does a number of things, including a podcast called Penn's Sunday School. Gillette has become somewhat well-known for being an atheist. He doesn't believe in God. And while he does often go into the topic on his podcast, he also has guests come through, and the subject of religion never comes up. Recently, for example, he had Peter Noon on the show, the founding member of Herman's Hermits, and he had some great stories about the early days of rock when he was running with the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and when he got a chance to meet the King. Did you ever meet Elvis? Yeah, he was lovely. He was so kind to me. Because, you know, the Beatles don't seem to remember meeting Elvis. Everybody knows they met them, but George Martin told me they were high enough that... That's not true. That's not true? Yeah, I don't think they were high enough. I think what happened was that they didn't... Ex See, the Beatles, it's like being in a gang. Elvis had a gang. Bigger. <laughs> I didn't go in with my gang. I went in alone. Uh -huh. That's a better situation for Elvis. He's got like 20 guys who laugh at everything he says. If he says, yes, sir, 20 guys laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's, it's a bit a of a Elvis. shock it's at a first. <laughs> but he was very kind to me, and I said, well, what, you know, and I was interviewing him, which I'd never done an interview before. You interviewed for what? For, you know, BBC or some, somebody set up this thing. You, oh, you, I'm going to meet Elvis. I'll do an interview. He never does interviews. And how old were you? 16. 16 you're <laughs> Yeah. God damn. God damn. Tell us every little detail. So I go, I, well, every little detail. So I stayed up all night because I wanted to get my sister on the phone to ask her what questions should I ask sure. Elvis. <laughs> you're, you're in Memphis? I'm in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I'm in Hawaii. <laughs> And, and I say, well, I, I'm going to meet Elvis. What shall I ask him? And she says, ask him, does he dye his hair? So I'm there with a the microphone, and I'm looking at Elvis, and I'm looking at his hair. You know, I'm not not looking at his face to ask the questions. And I know the one question I'm not going to ask is, do you dye your hair? Because he clearly, <laughs> I walks in this room, and it's like, Elvis Presley stands there, and he looks like Elvis. He's got makeup on, he's got the dyed black hair, he's got the pants and everything. And I go, now I know what being gay is like, because this guy... He's really hot. Something, yeah. <laughs> Damn, I, wow, this is like a whole new thing. I thought you started buying wrestling oil and stuff like that before. <laughs> but, wow, this guy is what, really what year handsome. Is this? 60, 65. So this is like the whole, uh, when he was doing well, the We're playing the hula bowl, and he's, you know, the only reason we got to him because, like, Colonel Parker says, who are you? You know, I have to say, as Elvis once said to me, who are you? Uh, uh, but... Uh, he, he, we said to Elvis, he says, we'd like to meet uh, Elvis. And he goes, well, um, why, why would you want Well, we play with a band and we play in a, Who are you playing with? Oh, we're playing with ourselves. We're on... <laughs> well, where are you playing? The Hula Bowl. <laughs> what kind of band is this? Well, yeah, we've got three records in the top ten. What time would you like to meet Elvis? <laughs> Just one of you. Just one of you. He looked at us all and said, Just one of you can come. So it was kind of an unusual thing. Beatles showed up as a gang, which I think... To Elvis, who wasn't really that good at meeting people, you know, he'd never sat on a plane next to a stranger. You of know, course, of course. It's a yeah. different world he lived in. You know, he never got on a plane and said, who are you? Where are you going? Uh, you know, none of he hadn't ever shared any moments with people sure. that are like typical people. So I was, because I went in on my own, he felt very comfortable. And the, in the, when are you coming to England was, you know, hi, Elvis, I'm, I'm really not pleased to meet you. Uh, when, when are you coming to England? And he goes on this long rambling story how he can't come to England because... 
Colonel Parker has got a bad back, which now is fabulous because it's so untrue because they didn't go to England and Colonel Parker didn't have a passport. Right, and, <laughs> and couldn't get one. Couldn't get one, yeah. Right. You know, he's he an was illegal immigrant. Trash, yeah. yeah. He's an illegal immigrant. Just an illegal immigrant. Yeah. That's, that was all poor, poor guy. So um, he told me some great stories. But So, you know, we get through this interview, and it's pathetic. It is really, really sad. I go, oh, God, you know, how do you come he made it without long hair? He goes, sideburns. You know, quick as a flash. The guy was so quick. It astonished me because you would think he was kind of old, talk, and slow. And talk. But the guy was funny, and he was on. And I wondered, like, from that moment on, how come Tom Parker isn't letting him do loads of incidents? He should be on the Johnny Carson show because everybody thinks he's some bumpkin. Yeah. We all think he's like, well, since my baby left me, bumpkin. And he isn't. He's like this really smashing, in, very inter interesting character with fun things to say. And some of the stuff he told me I can't say on the radio. Yes, you can. This oh, is, really? Yeah, say it. So we go, we go to see Jackie Wilson. We sit in there <laughs> and he goes, uh, you know, there's like two girls, like Fluffy and... You know, two big Bunny. girls. Yeah. <laughs> big girls like that. Arthritis in both yeah. hands. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you know them. <laughs> so, so he goes, so he's sitting there, we're watching Jackie Wilson, and he leans over one of these girls and he goes, um, Jackie Wilson has the biggest knob in show business. So I'm sitting there and I go, <laughs> I, in retrospect, I should have said, oh, no, he doesn't. But I said, <laughs> I didn't know what to say. So I said, oh. <laughs> oh, and went back to watch him. <laughs> <laughs> the wit of Peter Doon. Yeah. I'm leaning on the lamppost at the corner of the street in case a certain little lady comes by. That's Penn Gillette and Penn's Sunday School, which is where you can find the home site, pennsundayschool.com. He's also on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and SoundCloud, so you cannot not catch Penn's Sunday School. You know, I've started collecting succotash IDs from guests on the show, comics I run into, and other podcasters, so I put the succotash hotline number out on Twitter this last week with a request for comedy podcasters to call in and leave their name, the name of their show, and the message that, quote, you're listening to succotash, unquote. I have had a barrage of caught. No, I've had one. I've had one. Hello. Damn I'm Jesus Rachel Mines. Hey, Rachel Mines. Rachel Mines. Rachel Mines. Rachel Mines. All right. Well, I've, I've recorded a lot of them, but phone call wise, I've got one call so far. You'd think podcasters would leap at free publicity, but so far one call. It's from Nick Dressel. And uh, he's got a show we're about to clip. So here's the first call-in Succotash ID we received. This is Nick Dressel, the host of the Nobody's Podcast, telling you that you're listening to Succotash. Put that in your pipe and eat it. But uh, we have a, a special segment Shit. here, uh, which we're going to call the, uh, this, this Week in McConaughey. And uh, McConaughey did a little article about getting naked uh, this year. And uh, let's see, was it called The Year I Bared All? This is the year that I bared all. So we have McConaughey yeah. here, and he's going to read this article that he wrote <laughs> uh, for Entertainment Weekly. So uh, McConaughey, please, take, take it away. Thank you, Nick, thank you. I got pretty selfish with my choices this year. I wanted something to come along that would challenge me in a new way. Something that made me a little scared and excited at the same time. I was looking for very singular-minded, purely motivated characters. If you look at everyone I played, Bernie, Magic Mike, Paperboy, and Killer Joe, they did not pander to anyone, and they had clear obsessions. They were their own law, so to speak. 
Even someone like Dallas and Magic Lies, that guy lives in the cosmos. But going to that place with him really turned me into the poet slash rapper slash P.T. Barnum and me. <laughs> to strip down to a thong in front of anybody. Much less however many million people are going to watch Magic Mike for the rest of time. is very intimidating just on a personal level. I dare you. That was a personal I dare you McConaughey. Whereas in Killer Joe, there was no choreography to the undressing. You always just make sure that your profits are covered no matter what position you're in so the camera can't see them. And then you just try and relax and forget you're ever stripping down to nothing. <laughs> after the strip tease, I had quite a buzz, let me tell you. It's very rewarding after you do it, I suggest you try. <laughs> now, I went back to back to back to back. I made five movies in a row. And every single day, I loved going to work because I had characters and scenes that challenged me. When the movies were done, I didn't really have any expectations for them or for myself. I thought I did some good work. I thought I had a special gear. And now that I'm getting thought about for some awards from people I respect, it just feels like a great big bonus. When it's December and people are telling me they still remember my performances, that makes me happy because it means that the work resonated. Just to let you know, you can next see me in the drama Mud coming out in April. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I, I think that that speaks for itself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, did you see? Uh, did you see Magic Mike? I didn't see Magic Mike. I, I didn't even know Matthew McConaughey was in it. I, I oh, oh yeah, he's got that that famous scene. Did you see it? No. He he goes. Uh, now the rules say uh, you should look, but you cannot touch. I see a lot of lawbreakers. A lot of lawbreakers here. <laughs> what was it like? Uh uh. Not 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 Yeah. Did someone trying to touch him while he's stripping? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Don't don't touch the McConaughey. Yeah. Don't touch the McConaughey. This is this is a piece of work. Hands off. It's like it's pretend you're in a museum. And he is an oil painting. Yeah. You don't want to of touch, you don't is. want to get your fingerprints all over it. No. That would be like the Keanu Reeves of, like, art museums. It would be like the Keanu Reeves Louvre. <laughs> Whoa! Art! <laughs> all right, so that's uh, Nick Dressel from the Nobody's Podcast with his guests Spencer Pernod and Jason Carlin. Now, Joe, can you go back and play his ID one last time? Because I think he, I think he pronounced the show Suck a Trash, if I'm not mistaken. This is Nick Dressel, the host of the Nobody's Podcast, telling you that you're missing in the Suckatish. Uh, it sounds like Suckatish. I'm not sure if the R hmm. is actually there. What do you think? I can't really tell. You know, he's a student at uh, MSU in East Lansing, Michigan. Maybe it's that Michigan accent or something, but uh, it doesn't matter. We were happy to get the ID. His uh, The reason he calls his show the Nobody's Podcast is his guests are all nobodies. Self-admitted nobodies. Uh, they are actors and comedians and other flavors of performers who have not yet arrived, but hope to someday. And Nick hopes that this will be the first place that they ever had an interview. So uh, that's uh, the Nobodies podcast. You can find that at nobodies.podomatic.com and also on iTunes. It's kind of like buying future celebrity lottery tickets. Yeah, I of, like that. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, here's one of the only clips from a show that we've heard before. It's Snitch and Lins from Australia. I like the fact that this is a sketch that they're doing more than anything. I think if I have to hear more people going off on a pop culture riff on their podcasts, I will throw up. So thanks, Snitch and Lins. So hungry. Oh man, you got any more Cheetos left? No, I don't have any left. It's been, we've been out here for so long. These two days are killing me. No, 
Mind you, it's only been one day. One day. It's technically, it's only been like a few hours. Four hours. Oh, we probably should have. Do you, do you feel bad that we didn't pick anybody up in our boat? That ship went down with 2,000 souls. Well, it could have been 2002, right? It could have been. Oh, you remember that when we did the Titanic thing on the end? Oh, yeah. yeah. We hit on the, was, on the back of the boat. Yeah, and then when we actually hit the iceberg, we were like, ironic! <laughs> <laughs> well, that, was, that was pretty funny. Till like, you know, the 2,000 people die. Yeah. Man. Do you reckon we'll get a movie? If, you know, this ship sunk? Oh. The two survivors had to eat each other to stay alive. Well, what? What'd no, you nothing, nothing. What did you say? Hey, have you seen that movie, Alive? No, no, I haven't. I haven't seen that movie. What did you say before that, though? Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. It's just you know, people eating each other to stay alive. Why would you say that? Well, Michael, don't you... don't look at my feet like that. Oh, you're not going to walk anymore. We're in a freaking boat. Like, Lindsay, you've seen my feet. You've seen how disgusting they are. You don't want to start there anyway, okay? Well, what do I want to start? You can you can have a finger or something if you really want. I like how I get first preference of where we're going to eat. We're going to eat you first. I just assumed that's how it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, Lindsay's, Lindsay's hungry. You've <laughs> always been the alpha male out of the two of us. I need to feast. <laughs> There's no resistance. I mean, <laughs> you're, always, you're always the hungry one, okay? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I can waste away. I'll be fine. Because you'll, you'll be halfway through me and I'll still, I'll still outlive you. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> like a cockroach. <laughs> Really shouldn't be laughing that much. We're using a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah. And like a lot of people did die. We should be pretty sad about that. And the fact that we didn't save anyone. Nah, you know what? F*** him. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. What yeah. about Larry? He was a great guy. He was right on nah, that Larry was limb a stick. No, nah, he was a d***hole to me. Oh, really? Yeah, I was trying to hook up with this girl on board. And Larry blocked you. No, oh, I thought you meant Larry was a girl. No, he's, Larry's not a girl. He's a guy. Yeah, I know he's a guy. What? Larry. I'm sorry, I'm delirious. There's oh. a lot of sunlight out here. Have you been drinking the seawater? It's pretty tasty. Yeah? Yeah. Give it a go. I don't think you're meant to drink so, so seawater, salt water. Well, you can't even say it. You've been drinking too much, yeah? <laughs> oh, okay. Taxi, taxi. Got, a, got, got Jim Bean over here. Taxi, I've been on. water taxi. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Wait, did you say you had Jim Bean? Oh, no, no. You, you keep drinking salt water. Oh, man, Michael, look outside. There's all bodies everywhere. Wait, we're still floating near the boat. Well, you I was know, under the impression we'd floated a fair bit away from it. Well, some bodies have, you know, attached themselves to the boat somehow. Are they people... Wait, did you tie them on? No. Did you tie them on? Well... Did you, did you pack us a little lunch, did you? Yeah, a little. I thought oh, we'd eat Lindsay. them later, you know. Lindsay! Well, Come here. Yeah. Give us a hug. Don't eat me! Don't. Okay, okay, I won't eat you. I'll eat the dead bodies. Okay. Hey, Michael, what's that over there? Oh, oh no. It's a big oh. fin. Oh, we shouldn't have touched these bodies. Oh. It's a shark. Altlands, that was a stupid idea. Why would you do that? Matt, my huh? it's coming close to the boat. Nah, don't worry about it. That's fine. Are you sure? Nah, it's a big tuna. I don't, I don't, tuna looks like not, that, It's right? not. Oh, my God. A shark is attacking a stitch. Nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Stitch. It's right there. It's eating the bodies. It's going to eat us next. Oh, is that what a shark looks like? That's what a shark looks like. It has no bones. Oh. It's all cartilage. Nah, look, man. You know what they say? Sharks are the puppies of the sea. If you pat it on the head... And then they, they're, they're like, they'll tow you around like dolphins. No, no, no Mike. No, no, it, no, 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 I'm going to do it. Trust me. No, don't, don't pat the shark. Oh, Stitch! Oh, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh. He didn't get me. He didn't get me. Oh, oh see? Oh, look, look. Look, oh, hello, Sharky. See, I told you. All you need to do is pet him. Oh, don't bring him over cutie, here. Don't you? bring him over You're here. A you want to give Lindsay a kiss? No. Yes, you no, do. No. Oh, oh, oh. oh, okay. He has actually eaten your arm there. Yeah. 
Well, there's right. my arm gone. Thanks, no, Snitch, bringing well, the shark on board. Now I'm going to die. It's been good. No, this is my plan all along, really. Oh, what? Oh. So I was going to yeah. bleed out and you were going to eat me. Yeah, you see, I tied the bodies to the boat. The shark came along. I knew I could tame it because I've got expert shark taming abilities because I'm awesome. This is the one. And he was going to bite you. And now, look, you're going to die. This is one big twist. Did you sink the boat as well? Yeah. Did you steer it to yeah. the ice boat? Yeah. Well, this is that. just one big plot to kill oh, me. Oh, yeah. You just wanted yeah. to eat me. You were like oh, a psychopath. Your face right now. Your face. I got you. You got me. I got you, you good. You got me. I got you so good, I don't man. know what to do now. <sighs> well, it's die. It's mostly... Yeah, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. You're going to eat die. my face. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know what I'm going to start with, though? What? Cheeks. Oh, cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. See? You've yeah. always liked my cheeks. I... Yeah. Don't stop talking about them. Yep. My yeah. ass cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, but seriously, I'm going to eat your ass cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's uh, Snitch and Lens from snitchandlens.com. Thanks for sending in that clip, boys. Uh, you can also catch them on iTunes and Facebook as well. Let's, uh, let's uh, pause for a moment for a word from our sponsor. Treasured amigos, Bill Haywatt here. You know, normally I'm here to talk with you about Henderson's pants. Everything from denims and cords to slacks and khakis. Not to mention everything in between. But what about what you wear under all those great flavors of pants from Henderson's? Well, frankly, Henderson's thinks all those man panties are nothing but a big waste of time. Sure, they offer your lower body garments a modicum of protection from the flotsam and jetsam that can sometimes go astray <laughs> down there. But imagine if your outer and underwear were one. That's right. Stylish pants on the outside, snug, comfy protection on the inside. And you don't have to wait to see if it will work. Henderson's has done it. That's right. Every style in our vast family of pants has been retrofitted with 100% seamless cotton linings in the seat and crotch. It's like having a pair of BVDs sewn into each and every pair of Henderson's pants. Now, when some nosy Parker pops that intrusive query, boxers or briefs, you can look them square in the eye and say, that's none of your beeswax, Weisenheimer. But if you must know, neither. My Henderson's outerwear pants let me go commando with confidence. Originally designed for the incontinent, the inconsistent, the land of the free, the home of the brave, Henderson's outer underwear pants are available anywhere stupid normal pants are sold. That's Henderson's, makers of fine pee-pee and poo-poo pants. <laughs> oh my, yes, since, since 1959. And now, back to Succotash. It's Tweet Sack time. Let's poke around in the dark and musty confines of the tweet sack and see what we can find. I heard from Nug13, a.k.a. Nug Nargang, from the Illusionoid podcast, who tells me that they have submitted their application for the San Francisco Improv Festival in September. Congratulations. They got in last year, but they had a scheduling conflict and had to bow out. So hopefully they'll just uh, be let in again this year and make their way from Toronto down to San Francisco, and Nug and I have been talking about trying to book them into a couple of shows around the festival if they make it in. So I'd like to get them on stage at the Throckmorton and maybe a few other places while they're in town. That would be quite a treat. Hope to see them there. 
Uh, we got some nice follow Fridays and some retweets about our super ego interview on Epi 50 this past week. So thank you. Here's a rundown of folks who have kindly mentioned Succotash in their tweets this past week. Uh, Manic Eddie, It's Dancing, Jagged Podcasts, Go Super Ego, Shunt McGuppin, Seven Days a Geek, Crobama, Soda Pop Talk, Inverse Delirium, The Rigid Fist, Monica Hamburg, The Hot Shot Whiz Kids, Don't Quit Your Day Cast, Uncle Morty, Royal and Doodle, and The Robin Joe Show. So thank you for uh, the shout outs on Twitter. We greatly appreciate it. The last item in the tweet sack is a clip submitted from the Three Pleasant Gentlemen podcast. They have a website, threepleasantgentlemen.com. That's with the numeral three. But there's very little information there. So I tweet sacked Cam, who is one of the pleasant gentlemen, back to find out more about the show. He first apologized about the state of their home site, remarking that they realized after listening to the last episode of Succotash how much their site is lacking. I pick on podcasters a lot for not putting information on their site. It's something I often rail about since those sites are a main point of contact for your listeners. And Super Ego, our special guest last week, does such a great job of having a killer website that it kind of puts a lot of the other podcasts to shame, quite frankly. But I also found out that there are only two gentlemen in the cast of Three Pleasant Gentlemen. There's Cam and Remo. The third gentleman is a woman who goes by the name Savvy. None of those names are real, by the way. Cam says they use pseudonyms for the sake of privacy. I'm gaining a lot of insight here on the nature of many of the podcasts we clip on this show, where I can never seem to find out much about the podcasters themselves. So thank you for your note, Cam. I also discovered I am not alone in finding out that a car makes for a suitable substitute podcasting facility. While we often have luxurious Studio P, the home of the hit, at our disposal, some episodes of Succotash come to you from Studio F, my fiat. Well, Three Pleasant Gentlemen originates from the roomy interior of a Chevy Tahoe. I wonder what other model cars are out there going unsung as the ambient womb of other podcasts. Cam, thanks for pulling up the t-shirt on a little of the background of a typical podcast, and thanks for the clip. Without further ado, here is, or here are, three pleasant gentlemen, one of whom is a chick. Remo, how was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was awful. Thank you. <laughs> Why was it so it's bad? my least favorite holiday. Why? Everybody loves Thanksgiving. I don't love Everybody loves Thanksgiving. You get to sit down at a table, have a nice meal. I didn't get a seat. Every, I was the only person who didn't get a seat. So I said, no problem. I'll go sit in the kitchen. I'll go sit in the other room. My celly said, no, I want you in here. So I stood at the corner of the table with no room for my plate, which eventually just turned into with me. no room for my, my no plate. room for my plate. With eventually just me walking around serving everyone from the, the dishes because I was standing up anyways. So, yeah, it was great. Oh, shit. Did awesome. anybody say they were thankful for you, at least? No. That's the oh. funniest thing I've ever heard. But yes, and thank you for bringing that up, because that's something that my Sally's mom does, is she makes us all say what we're thankful for. And Nobody said, Remo. No one said me. Three of the eight people cried, so that was awesome, <laughs> while they were saying what they were thankful for. Um, and then I didn't finish my meal. <laughs> Um, and then I did dishes for an hour. So Wait, like, this is great. Why didn't you finish your meal? I didn't finish my meal because at some point I eventually did like make a break for it and get, I'm like, I'm going to go eat food now. And I tried to go out to the kitchen and then someone else's kid came up to me like, I want a waffle. And his dad was laying on the couch cause he doesn't eat Thanksgiving. 
just, Wait, and why? He just doesn't eat Thanksgiving. He doesn't eat Thanksgiving, okay. Not a political or a, like a No, no, he has or, no, yeah, no reason for it. He had of, White okay. Castle because he doesn't eat Thanksgiving. <laughs> so good. Even though Thanksgiving encompasses, it seems like it encompasses a lot of different right? foods to say. Yeah, at this point, it's not like there's a set menu. You can do yeah. whatever you want, yeah. So he said, I want a waffle. And I looked at his father, <laughs> who was watching TV, and I said, all right, I'll get you a waffle. Then he said, I want milk. All right, I'll get you some milk. <laughs> so I, then I fed the kid, oh, and they shit. were coming out of the dining room like that was a good meal, and I hadn't eaten uh, less. Than, I had eaten less than half my plate. Eventually, I just sat on the floor <laughs> and started eating because there was no there's no chairs in the kitchen, so I was standing out in the kitchen eating. So I just eventually sat on the floor and ate like a fucking dog. <laughs> I like the kids even get a kids table and I have to sit on the floor like a dog. Yeah. And then and then everyone was coming out and it was like, well, I guess I better do dishes, huh? So then I dried dishes for an hour. Holy fucking balls. That's like more Reagan than the original Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's like I sit on the fucking floor over there. Well, at least at tables. Yeah, yeah everybody got a seat at least. <laughs> that, did they plan ahead like, well, we're going to have this many people, so we should have this many chairs? <laughs> In a situation where they were just like, oh, we, don't have, we have two less plates than we need, so I guess you guys are eating out of your hands. Just pick up on the fucking plate yourself. We're we'll just give you potatoes. one big bowl, and we're going to set it on the floor, and we're out of cups, so we're going to give you a bowl for water, and we'll set them on the floor, and you just eat from there. We should give you a ladle. Like, just ladle yeah. how much you want, and then eat off that, and then wash it off and go back in. That is yeah. the most... Alright, I think I have at least five questions about this that I have to go back Please. and ask. That's so fucking funny. First of all, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard is, <laughs> no seat at the Thanksgiving table, no room for my plate. Sounds like a lyric, like, yeah. no room in the manger. Like, that's hilarious. That's awesome. That nobody felt remotely bad about you standing No thing. one fucking cared. <laughs> that's a, and, like, that's such a shitty standard for Remo Jr. to be like, oh, thanks, you. That's where my dad <laughs> sits in the corner for a while and then sits on the floor. Like, next year when you bring your own lawn chair to, like, fold out, he's going to be confused <laughs> as hell. Like, dad, you're breaking the rules. Stand up. You have to stand up and You're eat. a second-class citizen. Stand up. Yeah, you stand up and eat and serve. <laughs> you're the server. You're a peasant, dad. That's so fucking funny. So that was great. <laughs> God, and I just, oh, the whole time I was so annoyed. Just like, this, these, um, these dishes, they were my grandma's great-grandma. That means we can't put them in the dishwasher. That's all that means to me. That means I'm going to have to stand there and dry them or wash them. <laughs> Paper plates, man. What the fuck? You yeah. know, I mean, I should do Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'd do it right. I... Everyone would get a seat. That's for sure. Would they now? Would you just have the only seat? And yeah. <laughs> we only have back? one chair. Yeah. Everybody else stand up. <laughs> Share a plate. Um, yeah. Or just use normal plates you can put in the... Or just paper plates. Right, okay. Who gives a fuck, yeah, man? I guess, yeah. That's the, that's the worst holiday I think yeah, ever. Yeah, I'm done. Like I'm that. done with Thanksgiving. What are you going to do next year? Just not go. Same thing. <laughs> okay. That's the Three Pleasant Gentlemen from threepleasantgentlemen.com. They're also on iTunes. Well, it's time for yet another installment of Boozin' with Bill. And here he comes now. Oh, oh dear, oh dear. Hold on, Bill. Let me give you a hand. Hold on. Hold, hold on. Let me help you out. must have been three of them. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh my goiter. Oh, good lord. Let's make our way over to the wet bar here. I'm sorry. 
I don't know. I must have tripped over that sound bag that... That, that oh, sound bag or the sandbag. Do not that, talk about Joe Polino. That sandbag. Way. He has no sound bag. Sandbag that asshole oh, Paulino put out there. <laughs> Hi, Mark. How have you been? Have a nice New, holiday. Happy New Year, happy New Year, to, New Year you. to you as well. You, uh, you look oh, a little. Oh Jesus! Uh, I've been under the weather. Yeah, I've been under the weather. <laughs> you're always a little. little. I'll feel better soon. I'm going to go get acupuncture. Really? Yes, okay. I am. All right. I have a wonderful. Asian woman who sticks long needles into you. She's hmm. bring out very long needles, she says. I'm looking very much for huh, After this, lo yes, this uh, long in the broadcast <clears throat> business, I'd be, uh, oh. I assumed you'd be tired of people sticking it to you. No, I never get enough <laughs> yeah, of it. Stick, stick it. <laughs> You're a funny oh. man. I've got a drink for you. Excellent. That was one of the first drinks I ever made. I made it for myself when I was 14. Uh, yes, I started very young. I, I, I tell you, you know, and, I, and I'm going to get out one of the first ingredients. All right, I'll step aside. Yes, yeah. all right. Hey, no, uh, Mark, one of the great things, I am a big fan of ice cream. Ah. I love ice cream. And, and I like ice cream with, <laughs> I see the look of puzzlement yes. on your face. I like root beer floats. I love root beer floats. And I thought, well... As to make it right for me, I should have a beer float. Yeah. I'm going to make a beer float. All and right. I was only 14. All right. And it was a damn fine thing. I think I remember it was pretty good, actually. Right. So we're going to start off with some ice cream. Not just any ice no, cream, no. ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have Strauss family creamy cream. Cream, uh, organic vanilla bean ice cream made can you, with. Can you remember the real... first time you did a Strauss ice cream commercial? Oh no, no! no His old gone. man Strauss there. He was a good friend. So we're going to get some nice. That's very ice, creamy. Very creamy. It's very nice and creamy, and that's good. We're going to put that ice cream right in there. You can hear me putting oh, yeah. it no, in it's there. A it's real scoop. Good. It's a real, real scoop. carton. It's, you know uh, we do it all live here. At uh, at, at uh, what's know, the way uh, at you handle show? that scoop? I bet hmm? you used to be a soda jerk. What are you calling it? I'm sorry. A jerk. <laughs> no, I wasn't. My uh, uh, my father was at a pharmacy. Oh, okay. I see. Help me out. I see. So then we're going to phosphates have a phosphates and what? phosphates oh. and and so we're going to have some beer in a beer float, not just any beer. We're going to have. Well, you know, it's a Heineken. I saw that uh, okay. that Double O Seven. He drinks Heineken. Well, he's not I want to be like him. Be like James Bond. Yeah, be like James Bond. We're gonna put so, this right in there. So that you were fourteen. I what, was what fourteen. Did, what did Ma and Pa? They uh, didn't know. I covered up my breath with Sensen, as the song goes. I, you know, <laughs> absolutely. Wow. And so we're gonna just put that in there. But then the piece of resistance. Mm -hmm. We're gonna put the piece of resistance uh, in there. Of course. There's Got a little more. bit of a guys are gonna put a, I'm not at myself today really, but no, that's all right. We're gonna put a jigger clue in that motherfucker. Okay. It's gonna just knock right, us that, out that there. Should mellow it out Hell a little bit. yes, yeah, it's yeah. good. Put an ice cream clue beer float. This is a, a beer float. Alright. Put a jigger of that in there. Sure, why not? Very nice. And we're gonna pour it. It looks like it's looking like a root beer float. You know and what? So this is the Bill Haywatt beer float. We've it. all had root beer floats, but I say, folks, you got to cut to the chase, have a beer float, and it is just, here you are, Mark. I oh. want you to enjoy this. Cheers. Cheers to your health and to yeah, mine, cheers. and yes, thank yes. you very much. Joe can't join us. He's on mm. Lent. Mm. Mm. Okay. 
Mm, yeah. a, I think I'm a believer. It's a salty dog there, eh? Stir it up, get the Kalui in there. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Hey, you know what? Mm. You know what? Mm -mm. As simple as this was to construct, mm. I believe this is one of my fa favorite beverages you've ever done. Really like this one. You're yeah. not just telling me that, are you? No, no. You know, the Kahlua cuts the beer and makes it. It does. It makes it very good. So that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Nice two, uh, one and a half, two scoops of. Strauss organic vanilla bean ice cream mm -hmm. into a big mug like yeah, this, and yeah, yeah. then you pour the Heineken over that. Yes. And then you put in a jigger of Kahlua, yeah. mm -hmm. and it stands up to a straw. straw. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm. Wow. It's not bad, is well, it? Well, you know, this one almost blocks out the memory. Of, the, of bar the, the barbecue. Barbecue punch? Barbecue punch. I, I think never, I will never forget. You've never forgiven I, me for that, have you? I'm sorry, but mm. this is going a long way to blotting it out. Mm. That's good. Well, I like being blotted. It's wow. good. So that's all I have Thank for you this Cheers. evening, folks. Was, uh... To your health and happiness, ladies and gentlemen, it's always a pleasure to stand before the microphone when you're listening to me. Otherwise, I'm just talking to myself, and that's not good at all. It's good just to see you standing. Yeah, it's good to be standing, <laughs> considering where I began the segment. So... I guess I can go back to my booth now. Yes, please do. I'll take my drink with me. Cheers, ladies sir. and gentlemen. Thank you very Bill much Haywatt, for joining. Ladies and gentlemen. Another rousing yes. episode of Cue the Singers. Who's in with Bye, bye, Bill. Oh boy. Hey, that's not bad. That's not bad. It's not. It's not overly potent. Some of Bill's drinks really knock me out, but uh, that one's actually pretty good. Mm. Mm. Wow, the beer float. Who knew? Um, all right, let's. Uh, I think it's appropriate that we go to this next clip. It's from a show called The Drunken Taoist. That's T A O I S T, for those of you who don't know how to spell Taoist. Um, I think I'm going to be enjoying this next podcast uh, a lot, uh, by the way. It's a bi monthly podcast, The Drunken Taoist, hosted by Danielle Bellelli. Now, Danielle is actually a male, he's Italian originally, which is why it's Danielle. Um, it's the Italian thing, you know. And like me, he's got quite a colorful collection of stuff next to his name. He's a writer, a martial artist, and a college professor. He teaches an eclectic slate of subjects, including American Indian history and philosophy, history of the United States, world religions, history of ancient Rome, history and philosophy of martial arts, the ethnic experience in the United States, world history, plus several courses on the relationship between cinema in history. His teaching style has been described as a half stand-up comedian and half zen master kind of thing. See, that's the kind of extra airtime you get, by the way, podcasters, when you have a decent website that tells me all about you. Danielle's guest from the episode we clipped is New York Times best-selling author Christopher Ryan, who co-wrote Sex at Dawn and has his own podcast, but then again, who doesn't, called Tangentially Speaking. He's got a story about wandering around Alaska in his youth and getting arrested for swiping a Snickers bar. Here's a chunk of it. You know, when you're camping out next to a river in Alaska, you, you like, you know, wash your armpits in your crotch and you'd splash some water on your face. But that shit is so cold. You're not right. going swimming. Yeah. You know, forget about it. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, so we go to this laundromat and in Alaska, the laundromats are, are like full service. They've got showers and TVs and it's a place because. I guess there are a lot of travelers. Yeah, it's kind of like no beds, as I recall. But um, but I guess like a lot of you know people are camping or sleeping in their cars or their trucks or whatever. So it's a so we put everything in the washers, right? Like we were all three of us were wearing shorts with no underwear, boots with no socks, and a jacket with no shirt because everything's in the washer. 
And Rob, the ski bum, wanted to call his girlfriend back in, I guess they were going to college in, in Boulder. So he wanted to call his girlfriend to tell her, like, he'd made it to civilization, you know, because that's the long stretch from, Fair, from Skag, Skagway up through the Yukon over to Fairbanks. Um, and across the street, there was a grocery store, and we could see there was a payphone. So he's like, I'm going to go call her. Okay, cool. So I say, I'll walk over with you. Hey, Brent, watch our shit. Okay, yeah. So Brent's going to stay in the laundromat and watch the shit. So we walk across the street to use the phone. Sorry, walk across the street with the boots, with no socks, with yeah. the shorts. Right. Right. Half okay, naked. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so somebody's on the phone. So we grab a grocery cart and start walking around the grocery store, putting shit in the cart, pretending we're shopping. But we were like, you know, a couple of Russian immigrants, you know, like, wow, look at all this fresh food. It's yeah. like, you know, all this stuff. And so we're putting stuff in the grocery cart. And meanwhile, he cracks open a, a thing of kefir, this liquid yogurt shit. And he drinks that. And I grab a Snickers bar and open that. And I'm eating that. And then we put the wrappers in the cart like we're going to pay when right. we check out, you know. And now the phone's open. So he calls his girlfriend and we look around. Nobody's looking at us and we just take off. Right, and leave the cars there. <laughs> yeah. So somebody was looking, wasn't it? Yo, yeah. So so we're halfway across the parking lot and the security dude shows up. And he's like, you know, he's like a What's little solo boot, huh? Huh? No. Yeah, no, it's Canada. Uh so so this dude's like uh look, it's no big deal, but you know, you're busted, you're on camera, you know, whatever. You come in, you sign this thing, you pay a twenty dollar fine, you pay for what you ate, and that's it. Like, okay, fine. Yeah, you're right, we're busted. So we walk back in and we go up to the his office, which is behind this huge one way mirror where, you know, you see everybody in the store and we're like, Are we stupid? Yes, we're stupid. Yeah. So so we're we're chatting with a guy and he's cool everything's cool and then this cop walks in. Oh. Apparently the cop had just come in to do some shopping and someone said, "Oh, they got a couple of guys upstairs." So he came up to see what was what and he was one of these little, you know, Nazi asshole with a hard on. Right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So now he's a cop, you know, and he so he frisks us. I haven't beaten up any hippies this week. Let me get these guys. Yeah, right. exactly. You know, <laughs> college kids, Perfect. you know, rich families, out-of-towners, you know, yep. the whole thing, right? I can yeah. smell LSD. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Was there banjo playing in the background? <laughs> yeah, with? You got a mighty pretty mouth. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was one of those moments. So he... Um, so he frisks us, which was not good because I had a knife in my boot and Ooh. a bag of marijuana in Ooh. my pocket. Did you tell him this before or after? Or he did he have to find it? He had to find it, right? Uh, I don't think I mentioned it. I mean, it, it happened so fast. We're sitting in there, you know, having a nice chat with the dude, and suddenly, next thing you know, we're against the wall getting frisked. Yeah. And and um, but the thing is, the marijuana and the knife were both legal, right? In marijuana at the time when this was mid eighties. Or early, it was like 83, I guess. In Alaska at that point, any adult could grow five plants. And as long as you weren't selling, you were cool. So there was nothing technically illegal, right? And also uh, concealed weapons in Alaska was like, you know, putting on your fucking underwear. Everybody's got guns (laughs) and shit. So, but it, you know, reinforced his sense of not liking us, I think. And uh, next thing you know, we're handcuffed. And he's leading us out of the grocery store down, I'll never forget, going down the milk aisle. And there was this black dude. 
Yeah, there's this black dude, like, you know, putting the, the milk in the sh- on the shelves. And he looks at us, and he knew the story, of course. And he's, like, laughing, like, falling into the yogurt display, laughing his ass off at the two of us, handcuffed, being let out. And, you know, mothers pulling their children away. And, oh, my God. And he takes us to prison because there are no, at least in those days, there were no, like, county locked right. up kind of things in Alaska. Oh. There were medium and maximum security prisons only. Nice. Right? So we get booked into what I later learned was called the Fairbanks Correctional Center, <laughs> home of the FCC Eagles. Um, uh, the, that was the basketball team. Uh, and so and we get booked in, right? Wow. So the guy, the, the guy doing the, the intake looks at the arrest report and he's like, you're in here for a fucking Snickers bar? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, I don't know what's up. And meanwhile, he's he's got my pipe and my, my grass and my knife. And you still look like you have no hardly anything on. You exactly. Look like- that, exactly. That's how you want to walk into prison. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That's pretty Two close. 19-year-old white boys oh, with fuck. no underwear on <laughs> walking into prison. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That sounds like oh, the start God. the greatest joke ever. <laughs> we went to prison commando. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We were going commando. I never thought of that. That's wow. good. That's good. <laughs> wow. All right, so that's uh, The Drunken Taoist, which you can find at thedrunkendaoist.com, iTunes, and Stitcher. Now, unlike The Drunken Taoist, our next podcast has precious little on their website about the podcast or the people on it, even though there's like a half a dozen places on the web where you can grab the episodes. I cannot even find names for the voices you're hearing in this clip from the Dirty Kong podcast. Have you heard um, in the news recently, Jay, about all this horse meat in fucking lasagnas? Yeah, I, I've heard that. It's burgers, well, it's burgers, lasagnas, burgers, lasagnas, anything meaty. It's Findus beef lasagna or lasagna. I fucking I don't eat lasagna myself. I make a wicked lasagna. Yeah, you're a very good cook. Mm, I am. Yes. Worked as a as a chef for about three years, didn't I? Yeah. Did a, so. did a cracking job. We used to come and eat at your place, and it was fantastic every time. I'd mm. recommend it if you were still working there, but you're not, so don't go there. Yeah. To the place that I haven't even named. British schools and hospitals could be at risk in new horse meat fears. Oh, my God. Everything's got to be fucking fear, hasn't what? it? So, oh, my... Oh, the, uh, you know, the war on fucking beef lasagna. It's, it's, fucking, it's not exactly a big deal, though, is it? I mean, I know one, no one wants <clears> to actually eat horse meat, but if you do... Uh, you, it's okay. It's fucking fine. I mean, if you actually looked into the ingredients on a hot dog or a sausage, it's like 80% meat. So what do you think the rest is? It's fucking skin and fucking cartilage and fucking, I don't know, eyeball juice and shit. And so, and no one goes fucking mental over that. So in a burger, yeah, it's mostly meat. And then it's got a little bit of fucking horse, whatever it is. Fucking get on with it. Just fucking chow down and I'll eat anything. Fuck out. Yeah. I'll eat absolutely Anything I couldn't. Oh, do you know that that uh, sausage eating is made out of 101 uh, monkey anuses? Well, it tastes fucking great. I fry yeah. it in a, in a in a in a vat of fucking oil, and it tastes fantastic. <laughs> couldn't yeah. give a shit. It's anything's better than kebab meat, isn't it? Donna meat. Yeah, let's be fair. There's a limit to everything, isn't there? <laughs> it's just um, rat and pig dropping. <laughs> well, Downing Street today said that they uh, cannot rule out that horse meat has been served to millions of school school. Excuse, 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 School pupils and hospital patients, Jay. Oh, my God. It emerged last night that beef lasagna meals sold by fast food giants, Findus, were up to 99% horse. Wow. How much? 99%. 99% horse? Apparently. Wow. That's actually quite cool. 
Um, the company issued a full product recall on Monday before the DNA testing on... I love DNA testing on food. I just think that's yeah. so funny. I don't know. DNA testing on Wednesday confirmed horse meat was in their products. Findus today uh, reiterated its apology over some of its beef lasagna products containing horse meat. Um, the company said, sorry that we let people down. Fair enough. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, basically. <laughs> down, I love how Downing Street's getting involved. It's a fucking national crisis, this thing. Uh, Downing Street described the latest incident as uh, distasteful. Is that a pun? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Um, but stressed that there was no evidence of a health risk and urged consumers to follow the FSA advice. So, um, yeah, look, whatever that is. I don't know. No, nobody knows. Who's going to know what that is? Food safety arseholes. Yeah, and they are looking into this issue. Blah, blah, blah. Routine tests carried out, but it is really up to retailers to ensure that they are selling people who cook food for other people to consume and that it says what it says on the label. I think that's the only issue I'd have is that if I buy a beef lasagna, I want fucking beef to be in it. Yeah. If, if it's it a horse lasagna, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't You'd care. be like, yeah, okay then. As I'd, long as they know that. I'd eat anything. I'd eat rat, I'd eat, ho- I'd eat dog. I'd eat anything. I don't really yeah. care. As long as it tastes nice and it's sort of, I assume, you know, sterile and cleaned and before it's cooked. Yeah. Chow down. I, I wouldn't mind eating this, you know, if it had a bit of horse, you know, contamination in it. In it because uh, you know anything for a uh, a stable diet. Okay, that's uh, the Dirty Kong podcast. And <clears throat> although I don't know who those guys are, they are hosted on the same site that uh, started and still hosts the Ricky Gervais podcast, uh, which is Jellycast.com. You can also find them on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and UStream. And yet, other than the fact one of those guys is named Jay, I don't know nothing about Dirty Kong podcast. This next clip is from a new podcast, only six eppies in, called OK Hypothetical, and was submitted by Garen, one of the two hosts. The other fellow is Connor. Now, I like these guys. Here's the text from their email. Good morning. The attached clip is actually the full first episode of our show. Runtime is 4 minutes 33. Thank you for your consideration, Garen and Connor. Straight to the point, no nonsense, get in, get out, no one gets hurt. Their home site is already coming along at okhypothetical.com. They're on iTunes, of course, and they have a YouTube channel set up, although I have not seen any videos on there yet. And I love that their show's title is about all you need to know about how the show mostly goes. Here's a slice of OK Hypothetical. Hey, this is Garen. And this is Connor. OK Hypothetical. You're transported back in time to the feudal age and immediately made king of some European country. Whichever one you want. Have to be a European country? Any country you want. Perfect. Feudal. I want Europe. What's your... All of Europe? All of Europe. Okay. You're the king of Europe. How far are we going back? Can I have Pangea? 1400. Can I own all the land? Oh, 1400. Dark Ages. Okay. What's your first decree? Mmm. I'm king. Like, was my father king before me, or this was just like a... No, it's just like, boop, you're, you're there, and they're like, you're our king! Because you, they they saw me appear. You just transport into the kingdom, and they're like, oh, we needed a king. Sit down in the throne. You're it. What's your first decree? Tell us. Um, a week will consist of eight days. Why? Longer weekends. So three-day weekends? For everyone, always. But we're, we're poor peasants. We have to work every day just to stay alive. Right. Yes. So... If you choose to work on your third, so this really isn't day, gonna 
play any effect until hundreds of years from now when there's more of an industrial age and people work a regular week. Ah. Is that you? Do you want four day weekends? What are you asking for here? What? Why are you peasant? You sir. The yeah. one questioning me on all this. The days of the calendar are kind of irrelevant to me right now. All I worry right. about is feeding my family every day. Okay. And the diseases. Right. Okay. No more diseases. Are you happy? Can we go back How to the three-day weekend? That? Wow. You are really grilling me here. Um, I don't know. Medicine. Are you a, are you a doctor? No. No, no. But my mother wish, wish I was. Are you a magic man? How are you going to stop the plague? I, Look at these black oozing spots on my arm. Oh, dear God. Oh, they smell horrific. King, do something. Oh, okay. Um, free clothing for everyone. Really? Yeah. Great. Yeah, on me. I'll take three tunics. Three? You're getting a little... I just gave free clothing. I everyone have, gets one. I have one. one son and a daughter with no legs. So they, they each get one. And, and I get one. Right? Yes. You want to see the sores again? Oh, God. They're... They're like spurting out. Sorry, Ooh. it's in your majestic beard now. Ah, ah, great. Where did I get this beard? This is sweet. Hold on. Is that what, what was your decree? I don't know. I panicked. I just wanted to make the people you're really, happy. Yeah, you're really bad at a place. <laughs> I am. A, four, a three day weekend. <laughs> hey, you would have thanked me now. Like fast forward to right now, we would be recording this on our three day weekend. Well, sure. Yeah. But I was thinking that ahead. did nothing for your kingdom. A good king thinks ahead. They plan ahead. So you're the king of Europe, but you change the world calendar yes. to create. That's how a lot of the I world think you, changed. Yeah, you kind of went out of your own power on that I, one. It, my head grew real quick, you know? Lofty was, thoughts. You make me king, I panic, I, I, I thought real big. You know? What about... Okay. Hey, you're a king now. Great. Cool. Let's have a tournament in my honor. Uh, okay. You... I want, I want knights the... to joust and to sword fight in my honor. You're, um, you're kind of a dick. What? You're, you're not very nice. Kill him. Wait, no. Hey. Next question. <laughs> Anything else you'd like, sir? No, that uh, guy's dead. I want a suit of armor. All right. What color? Wait, let's, give it a, let's give it like a bull's head. That'd be really sweet. All right. Uh, you want that to be a live bull? Like a real bull, like no, made a out metal of bull's head. A metal bull's head. I want you to, I want you to blacksmith it. All right. To look like a bull's head. Okay. I'm gonna win you, every joust I'm in. You actually just killed the blacksmith. That's the only one not. Go to got. another country and steal theirs. What? What? How much time do I got to make this happen? Tomorrow. It, I really wish we had a three-day weekend. <laughs> All right. I'll give you that. Hey guys. Will Durst here with a few words about the Civil War supposedly raging inside the Republican Party. Yes, again. As you probably heard, Karl Rove recently announced the creation of a new super PAC called the Conservative Victory Party, which you gotta admit is an odd name from the guy who famously had an election night hissy fit on Fox News because Mitt Romney wasn't being victorious. Wait, 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 it's not over. There's a cul-de-sac in a suburb on the outskirts of Cleveland Heights that hasn't checked in yet. Hey, let me go. My arm doesn't bend that way. The idea is to back moderates in primary elections so Republicans don't have to enter the generals supporting some bat guano crazy candidate like Christine I Am Not a Witch O'Donnell or Todd Magic Fallopian Tube Aiken. 
Of course, the Tea Party has taken offense to this move, viewing it as counterproductive to their bat guano crazy candidates. So you got those guys going at it. Then Kentucky Senator Rand Paul insisted on giving an unofficial response to the official State of the Union response by the extremely thirsty Florida Senator Marco Rubio. And Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal gave a speech saying the GOP needs to stop being the stupid party. Yes, he did. And the fact that he said it out loud in front of cameras was, well, stupid. This is like one of those old cage battles royale put on by the World Wrestling Federation back in the early 80s, where 15 guys got into the ring with a chair, beat each other up, and the last one standing wins. And that's what the GOP needs, a Hulk Hogan to put everyone back in their place. Although to me, Karl Rove has always seemed more like a Rowdy Roddy Piper type. For Succotash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. Get yourself some more Durst at willdurst.com and read his tweets at Will Durst on Twitter. And our burst of Durst is going to wrap us up for Epi 51 of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. I have to get Mr. Durst to actually say our tagline properly. He did a few episodes ago. But uh, he's lost it. I don't know. Uh, So if there's a favorite comedy podcast that you listen to but have not heard us feature yet on this show, drop me a line at Mark, M-A-R-C, at SuccotashShow.com. You can also call into our Succotash hotline and leave a message or even a Succotash ID if you are a podcaster. That number is 818-921-7212. And if you're a comedy podcaster and would like us to feature a clip from your show, you can send it to me. Uh, We're looking for a three to five minute MP3 clip to clips at SuccotashShow.com. In the meantime, like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, thumbs up us on Stitcher, and retweet us at Show. That's all I got. Remember to pass the succotash, please. Bye bye. Uh, well, are you gonna finish your? Uh, no, Bill. You go ahead, Bill. I, I can't. I can't drink. I can't drink another scoop. That's good. Yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. I'm Chef Billy Parisi. You're watching FixMyRecipe.com. Our new recipe fix goes to a ton of people. So many write and ask, "What is the best way to prepare swordfish?" You know what? I got an awesome fix. You're gonna love it. You might have noticed we kind of changed the frame it up. Maybe we look like we're in a movie. Or else, perhaps, my hands look funny. Balsamic marinated swordfish with a bacon and corn succotash. How good does that sound? Sounds delicious to me. First thing we need to do is marinate that swordfish. So in a pan, put in this fish. Add in some balsamic vinegar and a little bit of garlic for a kick. We're going to let that sit for about 5 to 10 minutes. Next, we're going outside on that Viking grill. We're going to place on our corn, poblano peppers, and some red onions, get them fire roasted and ready. Once our vegetables are about halfway cooked, we're gonna go ahead and throw on our swordfish. Gonna take about eight to 10 minutes to completely cook through. Then we're coming back upstairs and we are gonna finish this dish. Man, that Viking grill makes everything smell and taste just perfect. Now it's time to make that succotash. So in a hot skillet, we're gonna render off some bacon. In the meantime, we're gonna prepare some vegetables until that bacon is done. We're gonna throw those ingredients in that skillet, give it a couple sautés, a couple flips here and there. We're gonna finish off with some fresh chopped cilantro, a squeeze of a few limes. Don't worry about salt and pepper, you get plenty of that from the bacon and the poblano pepper, then boom, we're trying this out. We all know you can't mess with this dish. How beautiful is it? Let's try it. 
perfect. The corn has so much flavor. The swordfish is excellent. You got to do this dish. And you know what? You better come back tomorrow and see our new featured fix of the day. I got to get back to this. Mm.